You're listening to the Support Squad Podcast, where virtual assistants come together to share their best business tools and tips. Virtual assistant for life coaches Sharon Nissen created the Support Squad with a firm belief in community over competition. Whether you're a new virtual assistant looking for advice on how to get started or an established virtual assistant looking to expand your skills and invite even more abundance into your career, you're in the right place. Working from home doesn't have to be lonely. We're in this together. Now, here she is, the host of the Support Squad podcast, Sharon Nissen. Hey, hey, you guys. Hello from quarantine. Before we dive into today's amazing episode with Tasha Booth, I want to share a little bit about what's been going on with me behind the scenes. I've been noticing more and more how important it is, especially for mompreneurs, um, those of us raising kids in this weird time, that we really share honestly about how we're doing um, and what's going on in our lives. I don't want there to be any um, illusion that things are going perfectly well for me. And I don't think anyone um, is like dealing with this bizarre time perfectly. And so I want to share um, what my situation is in hopes that you can relate to it and also kind of let you know what you can expect from me over the coming weeks and months as we're navigating this um, time. So a little bit about me and um, the way my life and business usually works is I'm a mompreneur. I have been for many years now and I've been um, so grateful to have support from amazing schools and you know daycare and support from family to help me with my kids so that I can focus on my business during the day and keep a lot of balance between my life and business. Now, of course, with quarantine, with um, childcare just out of the question, things have really shifted for me. So my husband um, works in for a construction, um, a, a business that's in the construction industry, so he's considered an essential worker. So he's been going to work every single day while I am home, homeschooling a nine-year-old with special needs, um, who needs a lot of help with her schooling, and a very, very rambunctious four-year-old who needs my attention just morning till night. And so beyond that, my client workload hasn't let up at all. I still um, have the same clients, have the same amount of work to do, but I'm finding way less time to do it. And so I... Um, especially at the beginning, was really struggling with that. I'm starting to find more balance, um, and um, I've hired on um, support. I've uh, hired one of my dear friends to support um, the Support Squad membership community as a VA, and that has been so helpful, and I'm just finding all those little ways to find support along the way. But to be honest, it's been very challenging, and um so much so that in this last week, I went onto my Instagram stories and I said, you know what, guys, I'm not going to be on social media anymore. It's not going to be a priority for me. And I really thought that was the right decision. But then after hearing back from a few of you and from some leaders in our industry that I really look up to and appreciate their um, insight and advice, I realized that maybe my voice was needed in our space and in social media in a different way than I usually show up. 
So it's usually important to me when I show up on social media to really be providing value in the form of like mini training for virtual assistants. And I'm deciding that what's needed for me right now based on the feedback that I'm getting is really um, kind of more gritty support, sharing what's difficult right now, starting conversations with other moms who are home with their kids and um, creating that space for people. So you're going to see that um, kind of evolve over the next um, coming months from me. I'm doing a little bit in a, of a pivot in the way that I'm going to be showing up on social media and I have some new offerings um, swirling in my head that I think are going to support mompreneurs out there um, during this time. So keep a lookout for that. There's going to be a self-care challenge coming up in the next week or so and um, you can catch me daily on my Instagram stories sharing the real behind the scenes of what it's like to be a mom and business owner in quarantine. I am not putting on any illusion. I'm really sharing my true thoughts and feelings and what's really going on with me. So if that resonates with you, make sure to follow me. I want to have these conversations with you guys. So I look forward to seeing you on my Instagram. It's not the support squad Instagram. It's at the Sharon Nissen. So you can find me there. um, So we continue those conversations. So yay, I'm excited about that. I'm I'm excited to pivot a little bit and um, change the way I'm showing up. I think it's needed right now. So Beyond that, I'm still here supporting VAs and um, there's so many amazing opportunities for us right now. And so I want to jump into today's episode because I think it's super relevant for this time. Every virtual assistant at some point or another hits an income plateau in their business. And it's that tricky place where you finally filled your client roster and you're earning a consistent income, but you can't seem to reach those higher income goals. And there are lots of ways to overcome this business milestone. So I've brought Tasha Booth on the podcast today to explain why income plateaus happen and how to move past them. So if you don't know Tasha Booth, um, I'd be surprised, but (laughs) I will go ahead and, of course, introduce her. Tasha Booth began her journey in the online business space five years ago as a virtual assistant when she decided she was tired of living an ordinary life on someone else's terms. Does that sound familiar or what? As her business grew, so did her commitment to helping others figure out how to make the life they craved a reality. Now, whether she's leading her team of 18 to support established coaches and course creators as the founder and CEO of the Launch Guild Agency, coaching virtual support professionals as they start and scale their own business, or hosting the How She Did That podcast for VAs, OBMs, and project managers, Tasha is always always helping other entrepreneurs live more fully in their zone of genius. When she's not supporting her team of 18, she proudly spends her time as an Air Force wife to her husband, Scott, stepmom to Grace and Meredith, and work-from-home dog mom to Stanley and Boomer. Today, we're going to talk about when virtual assistants can expect an income plateau in their business, how to know if raising your prices is the answer, and the impact a signature service can have on your income. So this is good stuff, you guys. Let's dive in with Tasha. Good morning, Tasha. 
Good morning. It's so good to be here. It's so good to see you. I've been such a fan of yours for a long time. I've listened to your podcast and I know we're like in the same sort of community and know some of the same people. So it's so nice to finally connect with you in this way. So um, to get started, I would love to know just like a little more about you. I know you've been um, in the online space for about five years. You work with a big team and I'd like to kind of know your journey, like what, what brought you into the online space and what has it looked like for you up until this Absolutely. Point? So first again, thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm excited about being here and yeah, I started about, I think this is going, I'm going on year five now in my business, which is a little bit crazy. I started off as a VA and I kind of stumbled into that. Um, I had a blog that I was doing as a hobby blog. I was in a lot of Facebook groups because of that. Started seeing people looking for VAs, had no idea what it was, <laughs> and then quickly realized that that meant virtual assistant. And so I just had some student loan debt, some credit card debt to pay off and decided, hey, I've got some extra time. Why don't I put the skills that I'm finding and utilizing in my own blog to use in helping others? So that that's what I did. It kind of quickly grew from there and kind of spiraled to the point of where I think about like, I think I was eight months in when I left my full-time job, when I put in my notice, but I started thinking about it around month five of my business. Mm -hmm. And then I went part-time first in my full-time job. Then I, about four months later, I went full-time in my business, left my full-time job completely now have a team of 22 and growing, which oh is gosh. a little wow. insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a crazy, but mostly awesome journey. <laughs> wow. That is so cool. So tell me about that team. Did, did you hire like many team members at once or how did you start going into that? Yeah. So we've done kind of some hiring blitzes along the way. Uh, we just finished one where we hired four people all at the same time. We're about to hire a fifth person. For the most part, it kind of started in trickles. Mm -hmm. So I started hiring in the place that I now teach people not to do, which was when I was overwhelmed, when I had absolutely no space and time. So I hired my first person. She was a Pinterest manager that was helping me with the Pinterest part of my business. And I did all the things wrong. I, you know, didn't train her. I kind of just threw her in because I didn't know you know, number one, what I was doing in terms of being a leader and being a boss, but also I didn't have time to do that. Um, And so, you know, people have come and gone, but we do have a pretty great, amazing core team that has been around. I think my longest team member has been with me for like almost two years now. So like half of my you know, for the most part. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So I know like so many of the girls that listen and are in my group, they're in this stage where they, they are, they've hit that income plateau that I've Mm -hmm. heard you talk about and they don't really know like the next steps from there. Do they, do you hire a team? Um, so can you tell, tell us what an income plateau is and when, does that come up in your business or when can you expect to see that? Yeah. So I, I see that an income plateau isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think when we think of the word plateau, we all have negative connotations with it, right? But sometimes we have a plateau in our business that allows us to kind of slow down after a period of growth in our business, Mm -hmm. slow down, you know, put the brakes on things, clean up our systems and everything, get, get a little bit more refined, really love on our current clients and then start growing again. So those sorts of plateaus aren't necessarily bad things. It kind of starts becoming a bad thing when you've been stuck there for several months 
and you don't have a clear path forward in terms of how you are then going to grow your business again. So there's a few ways that we can grow our business, right? We can charge more, we can work with more clients, we can hire a team, we can have a signature service. Like there's a bunch of different ways, but I consider an income plateau when you don't have a clear path forward and you kind of just feel stuck in there for a while. Mm -hmm. I love how you talked about how it doesn't need to be a negative thing because I think so many of us, we feel this need that there needs to be like constant momentum forward. Like if we're not constantly growing, constantly bringing in more money that we're like doing something really Mm -hmm. wrong. So I love that you mentioned that that's a great time to like give, give love to our clients. Mm -hmm. And I definitely use times like that to, um, to work more on my systems and things so that, you know, you can bring on more team members in the future and things like that. So I love love that positive spin on it. So when you're in that income plateau and you're faced with those choices that you mentioned, like raising your prices or um, bringing on another client or whatever it is, how do you know which one of those things to choose? (laughs) Like, like, like I know a lot of virtual assistants are, they hear all the time, like raise your prices, raise your prices. Is that always the right answer? Or like, how can we evaluate that is if yeah. raising your prices is the right choice to make. Yeah. So raising your prices is not always the right answer. I know everybody's like in this whole charge what you're worth kind of thing, you right. know, with like, I'm worth a million dollars. I know <laughs> like, it's so objective. So right. do not do that. Yeah. So I would look at what is important to you, right? Time freedom is important to some people. So if you are already close to your ga- your cap of how many hours you want to be working. If you're already seeing maybe it's putting a strain on your family, you're not spending as much time with your spouse or your kids or your friends as much as you want, then that could be an indication that maybe, you know, even if you raise your prices, you're still going to have as many clients. Even if you um, get more clients, that's going to be an issue because that means less time freedom, right? So something like hiring a team member or two may be that best bet for you. It's going to be a harder in the, in the short term, but definitely easier in the long term. But if something like financial freedom, if you've got a really big financial goal and that's important to you, then maybe you do want to push, raise your prices a little bit more, get a few more clients and be making a little bit more money before you hire that team member. So it's really the, the start of it is figuring out what is your why, what's the center of why you started your business in the beginning and what, which path is going to get you to that goal faster. Yes. I love that. Yeah. There's so many different things to evaluate and we forget that it really comes from like within us, like to decide what is important in my life and my business when we're getting all these like outside influences. Um, it's, it's almost never just like a one size fits all Mm -hmm. answer. So yeah, I think really evaluating what's important to you and what shifts you need to make is, is so important. So, um, I know when we're going to, when we do decide like, okay, I'm going to raise my prices. Like you can't just kind of arbitrarily (laughs) do that. It's just like same services, same systems, same everything, but all of a sudden my prices are going to go up. So what advice do you have for virtual assistants that are kind of like, have been operating sort of as a jack of all trades, Mm -hmm. have been doing lots of things for different people, been charging that same hourly rate and want to kind of raise their prices or go to the next level. I know um, one thing that you suggest often is creating a signature service yeah. or 
niching a little bit more. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Like how can a signature, like creating a signature service, um, help take you to that next level in your business? Yeah. So great question. Like I said, there's a few ways that like, if you're, if you're thinking about raising your prices that you can go about doing that. Number one, I think that a lot of times we, we are not even cognizant of like the hard work we've put in and the fact that we are not the same VA that we were even six months ago. Right. So I want you to like celebrate that and be proud of that and realize like, it's okay to raise your prices because you know, you've learned all these new systems, you've gotten more efficient with your time and, and with how you work with your clients and everything. So you're bringing so much more to the table. So I like to kind of lead that in the conversation when we're having that with our clients and lead from the positive in terms of like what you've brought to the table, celebrate with them the accomplishments that you've had as a team, as a strategic partner with your, with your clients. And that's a great way to kind of like frame the price adjustment or price increase instead of like, Hey, Susie Q, like I'm just going to raise your price. Right? <laughs> right, right. So it helps, helps to frame it. The other couple ways that you can do it is definitely through a signature service. So I consider signature service that sweet spot in terms of what the majority of people come to you for, what people are just like, oh my gosh, you are so amazing at X, Y, Z and what you love to do. Right. And when mm -hmm. we, if we look at that, of that, at that as like a Venn diagram, Venn diagram the, the yeah. center, right. Is the mm -hmm. super exciting part where we're like, this is what my, this is the center of my zone of genius. This is exactly what I love to do. I'll give you the example, even in my own business in terms of course launches, like yes. that's basically how we became the launch guild because so many of my clients were launching and for some VAs, they just don't enjoy launches, right? It's like, it's a lot of frantic energy. It's a mm -hmm. lot of like high pressure situation, but I thrive like in that environment and all of the technology for launches just always made sense to me, which is why I was like, I'm going to go all in on launches. Like I'm going to go full steam ahead in terms of like, this is going to be the thing that the launch guild is known for. And so that's why we can charge anywhere from 4,000 all the way up to $20,000 for a launch because of, because we're known for that. And we've kind of also niche down, which is my other, other suggestion to do other tip is to really, once you figure out what your signature service is, that doesn't mean you only need to offer that signature service, but what else are complementary services that you can kind of niche down in terms of either like what you're offering or who you're offering it to. So you can get really, really good and really well known for those, that cluster of things instead of just for everything. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I know that like when I hear your name, Tasha Booth, like launch comes to my mind just because <laughs> yeah. I've seen it associated with you so many times. And I know that creating that thing that you're known for just instantly catapults you to like a new level. So yes. like for me, a lot has been like podcast, like launch and creation and management for spiritual entrepreneurs. And, and it's so funny. I never in a million years would have planned that, but like <laughs> over time you realize you see that Venn diagram and all of mm -hmm. those things that come together and, um, yeah, finding that sweet spot. It just makes work more fun too. It does. Yeah. You, you're like, you like attract the kind of clients that you want and yeah. like all of that. It makes it so much more fun. Yeah. I know that when I first started and I was offering everything, I had like lawyers as clients and I was doing like, you know, like research and all this stuff that I hated. Mm -hmm. And then when I was like, you know, what do I actually love in my business? Like what lights me up? Like those, the, the launch things, you know, the things associated with that, 
were the things that light me up. And your clients see that. Like when yes. you get on a discovery call, the energy is different when you are excited about the projects. Yeah. I always tell everyone, one of my first clients was a woman who owned a dental drill repair company. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> time I have like, like figured out what, if I hadn't taken the time to explore, like yes. what really lights me up, I, I guess like that could have been my niche, but I wouldn't have loved it. <laughs> so yeah. That's well, funny. Yeah. And I would love to know from you, like besides your business, besides like all these amazing things that you're doing, what personally for you, like lights you up in your life? What do you always find that you're trying to make more space for? Like, what is that thing for you? Yeah. So definitely musical theater is that thing. So (gasps) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love So my, yeah, my degree is actually in musical theater. And I did that professionally for 12 years. I was on the international tour of Hairspray. I've done Aida four times. Like, love, love, love musical theater. I even still take, like, karaoke breaks every day and just sing musical theater, like, in my house. So, the but the crazy thing is when my, so my husband and I live in Tucson, Arizona, right? Because he's Air Force. And we, before we lived here, we lived in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which, strangest thing, but they have an amazing theater community in Albuquerque. So, I was constantly doing theater all the time. And then we moved to Tucson and Tucson's the complete opposite. There's no theater here. Mm-hmm. So we just found out that we're moving back to Albuquerque in August. And I'm so excited because I'm going to be getting to do musicals again. And that's just been a part of me that I've missed for a while that I'm really excited that I'll be able to get back into and, and explore again. <laughs> that is so fun. I am a musical theater nut. That's really, like I, I'm not like, I don't have that great like musical theater voice or anything, but I've always, I'd always did musicals my whole life. And Mm -hmm. like, I'm obsessed. So what is your favorite? What's your favorite musical? My favorite music of all time is Phantom of the Opera. Like that is my favorite. Like it makes me so emotional. I just love (laughs) it so much. Um, what else do I love? I love Rent. My husband surprised me for Christmas and got it, got me tickets to see Rent, which is the funniest thing because he is not a musical <laughs> person. But yeah, I, I'm so excited. What's your favorite one? So my favorite of all time is Les Mis. Oh, like, yes. I that's, just, oh, that's, that's the one that, second. yeah, yes. it made me fall in love with musicals when I was 10 years old. And I can remember me sitting in California at my brother's wife's house and hearing the, you know, the opening score to that and just being like, what is this? And like instantly my life was changed. So yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Totally. Yeah. No, Les Mis is a really good one. I was such, I was such a nerd when I was a kid. I would get people to like perform musicals with me on the playground. I could talk about this all day. I didn't know. I didn't know this about you. So you, threw, you threw a curveball at me. <laughs> we'll have to talk more about yes. musicals another time. But, um, So I'm excited because you're going to be an expert in the support squad community this month. And we're going to talk a little bit more about um, a signature, about how to develop a signature service. Mm -hmm. I would love if you could share a little bit about like what, what kinds of stuff you can share with us in that. Yeah. So I'm going to be talking about how to develop a signature service and also how to price that signature service. Um, So I kind of have a little secret sauce thing that I do that I'm super excited to share with your community about in terms of how I teach my clients to create their signature service or to figure out what that should be. So I'm excited to share that, but it's going to be an awesome training. <laughs> awesome. That's, that's something we get. Like I get so many questions about is like, yeah. how do I decide? And then how do I price it? So I'm super yeah. excited to, 
to hear. And then of course I want to know, I know you have so much fun stuff going on. You've got your great podcast. You just had a big launch. I'd love to know what's coming up for you and how we can stay in touch with you. Yes. So you can find me at TashaBooth.com. I also hang out on Instagram a lot at the Tasha Booth. Um, And I have a bunch of new trainings coming out. I'm doing a monthly masterclass now. So that's TashaBooth.com forward slash masterclass. And I also have an entire course coming out about hiring. So if anybody's interested specifically in hiring, I know that like that was a big learning curve for me. And I just want to help other people be able to hire with ease. (laughs) Wow. That's super exciting. All those links you guys will be in the show notes at the support squad.com. So make sure to get in in touch with Tasha everywhere. And Tasha, thank you so much for being here today. And um, I loved hearing about your musical theater stuff. And then of course, all of your amazing VA wisdom. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to the Support Squad podcast. Make sure to visit thesupportsquad.com to check out the show notes for this episode. If you want to dive deeper into our thriving virtual assistant community, here's what's coming up in the membership this month. Our theme is creating a signature service and founder and CEO of the Launch Guild agency, Tasha Booth, is sharing strategies for defining and pricing your signature service. To help you start to create your own signature service, members will receive a guide with 20 ideas for high value services. I'm also going to be sharing a Canva training where you'll learn how to create short, engaging videos that will make you stand out on social media. And of course, we'll have two live group coaching calls and you'll get access to all the past content in the membership area. Join us now with a free 14-day trial at thesupportsquad.com. I'll see you in there. Until next time, boss babe.